0: I've chosen the seat that's directly under a vent, which is just marvelous for me. So if you need to move to get yourself under a vent, please say. Is that audible? We can certainly ask Phil to turn it up or Reese to turn it up, but it seems to be fairly fairly loud for the system. Well... um Delighted that you are here, that we can share a conversation this morning about one of our four core service ministries, Threads. And I never want to assume, in fact, one of the reasons for having this uh, forum is that we get to share the story of Threads and the uh, both its history, its current mission, and its uh, future hopes um, for those who may not know that story or uh, may be inspired to get involved. But before we do that, I'd love to invite my... Uh In fact, Bob Miller on the left here, I'm going to ask him to introduce himself, but he said it felt like we were in trouble with something, Uh, it reminded me of his school days apparently. So we're going to invite the folks here to introduce themselves as we get going.
1: I'm Bob Miller.
2: (laughs) 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 I'm Betsy Pantino, I'm a social worker from Children's Healthcare of Atlanta.
3: And And I'm Lori Garisco, and I'm the coordinator of Threads, the most amazing job in this entire city.
0: We go. Yeah. It's true. And just a reminder, when you with the mic, we'll speak right into the right into the face, like we're singing a song. Well, I want to begin by asking uh, just an open open question ab- about Threads: how it started, what its story is, just in a in brief form, how we come to have this beautiful ministry, which we'll uh, describe as we go. But what's the history, the story of Threads? I'll let you pick That's it up. That's a as Bob you wish. Miller. That's a Bob Miller question.
3: Yeah.
1: Dorothy Deacon, Chandler, who ran Midtown Assistance Center when we were hunting around for a new ministry in the early 2000s, said to Wendy Silliman, clothes, children's clothes. I put Wendy on my committee. She sat down at the end of the table, and every time we discussed something, she said we need to do children's clothes and she finally won the rest of the committee over and the Rector Investor said fine. And um, we started sorting clothes in late 2003 and early 2004, opened in July 2004 with a ribbon cutting by the then Mayor Shirley Franklin and our Congressman John Lewis. It's a very gay occasion and we've been going for 14 years. Yay. And Wendy said, let me tell you, Wendy said, and we all just took it because <laughs> you don't cross Wendy's element. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so a couple of things. One, we, cl- we, we, we clothe children with dignity. We clothe children with dignity. This will look like a shop at Lenox Square. It will be a retail shop. It will not be a dump of cardboard boxes. with used clothing for you to rifle through. And secondly, while we want a lot of used clothing, we don't put... If you wouldn't let your child go to school wearing something, then we're not going to put it on a Threads child. And those two things have lasted 14 years. That's it. Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if I can a- ask uh, you, maybe Laurie, to, to tell us uh, whether it's a, s- a story of Threads or what, we, what somebody might see if they came into Threads and there is a family there, and there's a child there. What, what is it that somebody would witness? So, so we hear clothed with dignity, we hear that there was a need for children's clothing in the greater, the metropolitan Atlanta area. What would be the experience of a child and a family in Threads?
3: Well, um, everybody comes to Threads from different places. Um, some, some of the kids are coming from the homeless shelters, some of the kids are coming from Grady Hospital because they're sick. Um, Some of the kids are traumatized because they're living in a domestic violence shelter and they have perhaps left in the middle of the night with only their pajamas on. Um, when they come to threads, nobody asks them if they need help. We know that if they're at the door, they need us. So it's, they're, they're, they're meeting a smile immediately. The first thing that people tell me they notice when they walk in threads is how it looks like a real store. It's very colorful and everything is very organized. Many of the families that we work with do not live in organized, stable settings, lives. And there's a, it feels like a hug when you walk in threads. the first thing that we tell them is that everything is free. That's huge also. Um, and that they can pick out whatever they want.
0: I wonder if, um, and I want to be, to trace the journey of a child, I want to sort of go backwards from from this place, but I, w- I wonder if you could share uh, and, and it may be some people in the in the room today, how you have seen the the experience of the volunteer um, watching that family come in, seeing uh, that, that you know, he seeing their faces as they shared this is this is new, this is wonderful, and this is free uh, that that embrace mm-hmm. how have you seen volunteers uh, impacted by that
3: um, It's clear that everyone at All Saints is committed to being in service. And there are a lot of ways to be in service. But Threads offers a unique opportunity to be in service because it's already set up. And there's no question when a family leaves that the volunteer has done an amazing thing. I think that's the biggest impact. They The family walks out the door and the volunteer just thinks, wow, I cannot believe I had the opportunity to do this today. I think that's the, that's the big one. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's easy to be in service there. It's difficult emotionally. It's difficult um, making new friends under any circumstances, but I feel like by the time your shopping experience is over, you've made a new friend and you've made a new friend with a family that you would otherwise never get a chance to meet. And the biggest, most important thing that volunteers tell me about their service at Threads that it has impacted me the most is that that mother or that grandmother that I just worked with wants exactly the same thing for her children and her grandchildren as I do. There's no difference between us. That's the most impactful thing, mm. to be in service at Threads. You realize that we're all in this together. Mm. That's where I'd start
4: mm. with that.
0: So we'll, we'll we'll look at some basics now before we sort of move, move to the journey of the child to, to come here, but um, just as a, as a poll, how many people have stepped inside the Threads store? Just a, just a sense that we know. <coughs> So that's most of you, but not not absolutely everybody. And so you know what that experience is like. You know what it if, if most of you have seen that. And if you haven't, as it's been described, it's a beautiful looking space. It smells like a beautiful space, not always the case. I have been known to uh, to, to frequent thrift stores from now and again. Uh, and they don't all smell the same. So it's a beautiful smelling space. You, you, you move into a place that says, I take care of to we're, we're going to take care of you here. Um, how many, I wonder if we can d- do our best to get some facts and figures, Kay. how many um, families or children, however you want to, to rate that per year, would you say that we're helping at I rate?
3: think we're, um, you know, it's gone up each year. There have been a couple of years where we haven't had as many as a year before, but we're averaging 1,500 to 2,000 children a year. And that's a lot. And it's not just the same families because families can come four times. So maybe they come twice in a year, and then the next year they come twice again. A lot of those children then will be aged out. So it's not, it's a, it's a revolving door of new families all the time. Um, at Emmaus House in particular, which is the agency that all of you know, um, in People's Town, um, they've got a whole system of threads people there. They go through the neighborhoods, like if your children are teenagers and that you shopped at Threads years ago, you're telling the next group of people. Mm. I can't tell you how many families have come in and said, oh, my cousin told me she came here. Or, oh, I haven't been here for several years, but now I'm a grandmother and my daughter needs help. So it it continues, and they're talking about it. And it's it's always good. And Christmas is coming, of course. Whoops. You can hear me, though, huh?
0: It is like that if yeah, yeah. That uh,
3: Christmas is coming and a lot of families shop at Threads for Christmas and that's a really special thing so um, can I yeah, say
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I view that 1500 children a year in a different way
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's somewhere between 40 and 50 Atlanta public school system classrooms and probably 2 to 2.5 complete elementary schools of children clothed Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, just yesterday we had 23 children if you think of that as a average classroom in Atlanta we just yesterday clothed for a full week an entire kindergarten class it's a lot Um, by the way the table in the back is the sock match. There are, in the last five weeks, we've served 330 kits. No, excuse me. We've given away 330 pair of socks in the last few weeks. So in the next few weeks, I'm going to need that many socks, too. So hence, you can already start being a volunteer at Thread by matching socks. And let's be clear. This is not a match. <laughs> okay? And... This is close, but this is not a match. Oh, and you have the other orange one, well done. Too bad it's not bingo, you'd win. Um, This is not a match. And for those that are really careful and detail-oriented, this is also not a match. (laughs) There, There won't be a test, but it'd be great on Tuesday, excellent. It'd be great Tuesday if they were all done just perfect because we need those socks.
0: So there's uh, living proof that somebody is the boss over at Thread. Exactly. that's important to make sure you get exactly. your socks straight. get
3: your socks right.
0: um, I want to move, um, and w- um, we'll, we'll sort of keep on making this, So I want to move now, if you like, out into the city uh, and imagining the journey that um, a child makes to be here and how that happens. And I, I b- but I want to uh, do that first by asking Betsy to tell us a little bit about your work and um, how you see at children's hospital, how you see um, the prevalence of childhood poverty, for example. So Tell us a little bit about what your, what your work is there and what you're seeing.
2: Um, I actually work in an outpatient rehab center. So that's where they get the PT, the OT, the speech, the hearing aids, the wheelchairs. Um, and a lot of these children are coming out of the hospital. And while they're in the hospital, they're taken care of. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you're discharged, good luck. And then they end up at our doorstep. And it's there that we begin to hear these stories of, well, I don't really know how to get anywhere here because I don't have a car. And I don't quite understand your system. We have a fair amount of um, immigrant families as well as a lot of the refugees out of the Clarkston area. Um, In fact, the family, the way I learned about threads was really from one of your other ministries. Um, You have a ministry that helps with transportation. And um, I can't remember her name. Louisa. Louisa Louisa walked in with um, a family from Syria. And I was like, how is it that you're bringing her, this family, and she described it and then told me about threads. And lo and behold, I soon meet another family who's a refugee that it's actually a mother with her children and her grandchildren, two of whom have sickle cell. And so these children are frequently in the hospital. She speaks Somalian. She cannot get on and get Medicaid transportation. She can't figure out how to get any of her resources. Um, And I begin to notice the clothes and begin to talk to her about clothes. And that's how I learned about Threads. Um, and my, I got to be one of those shoppers because we couldn't figure out a way to get her here. Um, she doesn't have a car. She can't figure out how to navigate our public transportation system, which many of us can. And so Lori and her kindness said, you can go shopping for this family. So I came down on a Thursday and had a wonderful volunteer who just kept filling my bag. Um, for these children and all together there are um, two with sickle cell and one that is a grandchild whose father was her son who was deceased from sickle cell complications and we clothe them all. Lo and behold we get finished with this family and I don't see them again for about a year. They're back because they've been in the hospital again um, with sickle cell crisis Again, I noticed the clothes, and it's a very cold winter. um, It looks like this year, and I asked her about clothes. No, they don't have coats. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the shoes? Because we were casting one of his feet. No, we don't have any shoes to put on that foot. We're just going to have to put a lot of socks on it. Again, I called Lori and say, can I come again? And again, they fill up my bag. And the very next week, they walked into the hospital, into our clinic, wearing the coats, wearing the jeans, and wearing the socks. And the smile on that little boy's face, I can't even tell you. Um, But the experience of doing the shopping with one of the volunteers was striking. She was so warm, so making me feel like, oh, of course you should have this. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of that sense of, well, here, you're lucky to get it. And sometimes you actually get that from some of the agencies when you go back a second and third time you're back again, do you need more? And it's like, yeah, these families need this ongoing. We're seeing a huge increase in the number of homeless children. um, A lot of our kids, um, even the babies, are getting discharged from hospitals and going to shelters. Um, We also have a fair amount of them in hotels. In fact, I just got a text over the weekend for a family that actually, I don't know, that's up in Roswell. Um, Mom got into a car accident, lost her job, and now the family is homeless. Where can they go? And I happen to know somebody up there. So finding resources for families right now is huge. I would say our housing situation is at a crisis (coughs) for our poor families. Um, And so the clothing goes low on the list. We've gotta come up with the rent. I'm really sorry you're gonna have to wear your sister's coat, even though you're a boy and you're gonna be embarrassed. Um, So this program is huge. For me. I tell all the other social workers, I don't know how many of them have used it. I put the word out there very quickly, oh, let me tell you about a neat new program out there. Um, and I was surprised that no one knew about it in the hospital. So I do try and always let my Eggleston social workers who are closer to this area. Um, and we sometimes interface with the Grady, social, with the U. Spaulding social workers, but they're aware of the program already. It is wonderful to watch these kids get brand-new clothes. And I think that's the big part, that it's new shoes, it's new socks, it's new underwear. And that is unusual for a lot of these families. So I thank you for what you've done for our families.
0: Thank you, Betsy. One of the things that um, is at the heart of our life as a church, as an Episcopal church, is the baptismal covenant. and, And a part of that is that we will essentially to seek and serve the dignity of every human being. Part of that, to clothing with dignity, um, is a huge part of meeting that need and uh, recognizing the dignity of every child. The other side of that coin, of course, is how children end up in poverty in the first place. Um, And we certainly hear um, plenty in the news, as we should. About the um, catastrophic humanitarian crisis in Syria ongoing years long um, and it 's difficult sometimes for us to in a way kind of hear and absorb the news in our own backyard um, with a, and get ourselves on good if you like good data or good uh, just sort of background information from your experience as a social worker over the last decade let 's see uh, let 's say how has childhood poverty changed, if at all, in terms of its extent? Whether it's, yeah.
2: I would say more often than not, we are getting families that really are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and if you put a health crisis in there, they're done. Mm-hmm. Even with the best of insurance, um, between deductibles and co-pays, The cost of housing, even for rental properties, is so much higher now in Atlanta than it used to be. Um, So more and more families are having to move further out to afford housing. Now they can't get to where they need to be because they can't access public transportation depending on where they live. Um, And then that transportation becomes very costly. Um, So what we're seeing, I'm getting more and more referrals for what we call basic needs. I actually utilize a program that's called Helping Mamas that does diapers. That's their big thing. They give me diapers for families who can no longer constantly afford the cost of diapers for their children. Um, So, you know, I think what we're seeing at the hospital is this huge increase in demand for basic need resources, like clothing, like diapers, like housing, and yet the resources are less and less, and because the funding, a lot of the public funding is gone. We used to use, well, we do use a program called Babies Can't Wait. Um, They have a terrible waiting list for providers that can come to people's houses to provide OT and PT and speech, Um, and when you've got really sick children, and it's flu season, and it's RSV season, you don't want to take them out. You want to keep them home. Um, But there's a shortage in their programs, Children's Medical Services serves lots of diseases. I'll call them and say, can you help? Mm, We're out of money. Sorry. We've been out of money since September. Mm -hmm. And they provide a lot of help for families who don't have any insurance and are not eligible for insurance. So so a lot of our families that are not here as legal residents who can access insurance, they can get nothing. So they get emergency coverage in the hospital, but then you discharge them and there's nothing for them. So there's a a real gap right now in what's available for families, and it's growing. I'm impressed it. It's not just your low-level income. It's your middle income that is very much hurting because of the cost of deductibles and co-pays. And they are choosing, should I pay the rent or should I take my child to the doctor?
0: I love the – it's really the 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 the, symbos- the synergy, this joining together um, through your work, uh, encountering one of our ministries, refugee ministries, leading you to another ministry. Um, I, I'm mindful of um, the uh, um, the rich sort of tapestry of parishioners here at All Saints, and and the work that they do in the city. Uh, I couldn't help think of. Um, he, he's probably with our sixth graders actually right now. But Coma Yates work at the Atlanta Speech School, and and the d- profound deficit um, when children cannot get that those essential first steps take those successfully take those first steps in literacy in those early years, and then it's th- to the extent things become too late. Um, I'm curious. I'd love to ask a question of the of the panel, but also then open it up to the folks gathered here, about the future. Um, uh, we've um, continued to look for ways to um, work laterally, to work collaboratively at All Saints. Um, what, what might be ahead for Threads? How might we grow? Um, how might we continue to see and work toward this the sort of complex picture around childhood and family poverty, I'm, I'm particularly mindful that, for example, Mac it's a very similar theme is that, that, that I think one of their sort of uh, core identifiers is in a way, they're kind of working poor. Uh, um, and that's, a, that, that's a, a phrase that's a little uh, flawed, but, but the idea being that there are layers of poverty. Um, so I'm curious what, what, what do you see ahead? either from whether that would be you, Betsy, seeing in terms of needs that are out there, but also Bob and Laurie in terms of for threads. What do you see ahead as what potential ways we might develop this ministry and this mission?
3: Um, I could start with that. I think that one of the things that's curious but makes sense is that we're seeing a certain group of families at All Saints. Those families have gone somewhere for help. So we're getting that group of families. But there is a whole nother stratosphere of families who are not out there looking for help. They are stuck somewhere in a very bad situation just a few blocks from here and can't get out. I spent some time with an elementary school teacher um, in Bankhead Highway, that area. And she said to me, Lori, these children know three blocks square. That's all they know. They don't leave their neighborhood. Ever. Their parents don't take them anywhere if there's a parent at all. They go to school. We feed them breakfast, lunch, and the lucky ones we feed dinner. And then they go home and that's it. I like the idea of going into these neighborhoods. Maybe a sock mobile. Some way to get close to kids on their own turf. I don't know what that might look like, but, but, but why not? You know, w- Why not go to them? We know where they are. If we could interface with different elementary schools and we could maybe twice a year in each of those schools have a clothing day and we could all show up And everybody gets socks, and everybody gets underwear, and everybody gets shoes, or however we're going to do that. Or maybe it's just school uniforms. Um, I think we can go into the community that doesn't have the resources or the oomph or whatever it is to get to us. Because there's a lot more kids out there. Just one thought.
2: Mm
1: Thank you for asking, Simon. It so happens that the Reds has formed an advisory committee to <laughs> plan what our next five years, what will look like in five years, and the members that have already been appointed that committee should raise their hands. I know you are, so you better get your hands up. Okay. <laughs> uh, here it? Yeah, okay. And uh, we're working on another member. I'm not going to make him raise his hand, but we'll, we'll get him. <laughs> and uh, our job is twofold, is to f- figure out what threads should be or will be in five years, and to the extent it's relevant, how it integrates with the block committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're gonna be underway soon doing something. I'm not gonna give up this mic without doing one shout out. If you walk in the courtyard a lot of Sunday mornings in the fall, you see this fella standing behind the damnedest pile of winter coats <laughs> you ever laid He's your on. He's hidden eyes behind that pile. optick right over there. Yeah. And the gala's... The galas, the gala's campaign for winter coats is a lifesaver for threads because we hand out those winter coats like mad. One of the first weeks we were open in 2004, there was a young girl in, and she got a winter coat. She put it on. It wasn't cold. She wore it out. It, she was so proud of it, holding her, I'm going to show you that in a minute, holding another sack of clothes, and Elizabeth Robertson was the shopper who had helped her pick all this out. And she got to the door. We'd been open about three or four weeks. She got to the doorway. I thought she you know, I'll open the door. I said, like, you've come in, you know, get out of here. We got somebody here. And she turned around and hugged Elizabeth Robertson. <laughs> the volunteers all went back into the workroom and dried their eyes for about five minutes and then came <laughs> back out.
3: Well, how uh, that you yeah. brought <laughs> it up.
1: But anyway, codes are important. We are happy. We were
3: happy.
2: No, you're not. You know, Laurie, I don't really know what to tell you, except that I am surprised at how many people don't know about your program. Mm -hmm. Um, Truly, I did find out about it kind of happenstance. So, a better. I don't know, kind of marketing, or at least mm-hmm. letting people be aware that this program is out there. What I liked is that it wasn't just, oh, if you live in this zip code, because I get that a lot. I'll call a place and say, this family needs help. Well, what's their zip code? Oh, sorry, we don't service that zip code. And you don't put those limits on the families, and that's huge for them, because they hear that all the time when we, they call and they'll say, I'm sorry, you're out of our range for who we can service. Um, it, it's it's people knowing that you exist um, because I do think just getting that basic need met frees up monies. It frees up monies for utilities. It frees up money for rent. Um, and that's one less worry a family has to have.
0: I'm going to actually step down if I can to just open up, because our last few minutes to the i would say our diocesan bishop rob wright made a comment at the last diocesan council that um, many of the uh, ministries that we were seeing videos of began because one lay person just couldn't whatever whatever it was drive by the thing they were driving by anymore or think the thought that was sort of they're waking up with and going to bed with anymore they had to do something and so they did and then five years later there's a vibrant ministry um so you know anything can happen and we're a large vibrant community and i really believe that um w- once we have a vision we just inspire people to to commit to that and and draw that out of people so i'm curious if you want to share anything that you feel we should be thinking about with threads or if you have any questions you want to ask the the panel here in our in our last few minutes wendy I'm, I'm coming around the mountain
4: I'm just wondering if you could say how parents or families get referred
3: to it. I work at Youth Falling in Eggleston and I, I probably see the need, but I don't, wouldn't know how to get someone referred to it. Great question. With okay. Um, we work with about 26 different agencies in town. Um, those social workers, usually they're a social worker, um, would have on file our voucher. And basically, they would put the mother's name and the children's name and their age and tell them when they can come in. Now, if you're not an agency with us, you just need to call me. We'll talk, I'll send you a voucher, you'll bring your people in. It's pretty, it's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, we don't make it hard. We're, we're, we're trying to make this easy.
0: Thank you, but I'm coming and then I'll go to you, Susie.
4: Lori, how many people come in at a time Do they come Um, individually?
3: Volunteers or or kids? The the children. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So yesterday we had 23 children. They came from various agencies. Um, I also had 12 Girl Scouts yesterday, Um, and we had four volunteers yesterday. A couple of weeks ago, we had 40 children in a day. It's a lot of kids. It's a lot of socks. It's a lot of clothes. Do people have to make appointments to come in? No, they don't need to make an appointment. They just need to bring that voucher in. Um, it's really it's simple. There's a voucher
1: there.
3: What one thing I was thinking about is, could somebody, could people, maybe a committee of people, or s- go into a s- to a uh, teachers' meeting at individual public schools around town? and talk about it and give them vouchers. Yes. um, We're aligned with Fulton County Public Schools already. Um, We're aligned with with the DFACS program as well. Um, And I've got about three different elementary school principals that know about us and will send us kids when they see they've got a real problem. We're also working with the new school at St. Luke's. The more the merrier. We've got the clothes.
0: Pat, I'm right behind you. Had a question too.
3: In addition, in addition to providing clothes, um, the times we've been in, I've always been impressed by the fact that you um, also give the child a book. Yes, And that is so important.: Yeah. Um, we being do extra. School librarians sitting here.: Right. Uh, and I wondered if somehow you could work with media specialists throughout, because I know we often receive books from publishers that were accessed, yeah. not the worst books, the best. Nice. And it would go along. There with are several people that donate books on a regular basis and keep them coming everybody gets a book keep them coming they go they go quick everybody also gets a toiletry um keep the toiletries coming too um belts and hats and gloves right now and i would be remiss to not mention that we have a christmas sweater rack as well (laughs) and i know this might seem silly but um I have lots of Christmas pajamas and Christmas sweaters, and that gives them an extra warm piece. and it's fun. And is that adorable?
4: I'm not a volunteer there, but I live with Bob Chick. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't need to volunteer. That I, you'll, see me, you'll see me helping him with a lot of different things. But when I, and I questioned him, when especially when he started, like, how did they get there? Can anybody walk in? And that was clarified with the voucher system. You have to be a referral, and you can't bring your friends with you and they'll get the same thing if they're not referred. The other thing that amazed me, they did a sermon one time and went through the clothes. If you have 23 kids, like Saturday, that's 23 pairs of shoes. Each child gets five pair of underwear, five pairs of socks. Bo- uh, those things are new and a toiletry bag. Then they can pick s- seven items of clothing. So if we have 23 kids, that's 23 jackets that went out. And then the other thing is they know exactly what they have in stock, because there's two rooms back there that are all inventory and it's computerized. So if they need size 12 shoes or, excuse me, size five shoes, they know to have, um, they can check through their inventory. They can check how many dresses they might have in a certain size. So it's constantly being kept just like a regular store and that's for, for a person who just walked in there's so much behind the scenes as well that keeps them running with the stock but um i just was amazed when i heard 27 23 kids 23 pairs of shoes five pair of underwears each i mean oh and they also don't get pajamas because mothers don't take pajamas because that's an article clothing they need pants shirts c- coats so but then the job uh pa- pajamas are just given to them. So, But that's my, my viewpoint when I first walked in. Uh, apropos of what
1: Ed said, some of you don't know that Threads is a strong proponent of the Second Amendment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because since we, everything has to be tagged using these guns, which all of us who volunteer use these darn guns. And <laughs> I poke my finger I, I take band-aids when i know lawyers gonna put me in the back room but <laughs> we all get used to these guns and i see the nodding heads
0: i'm gonna draw us to a close um please do stay behind and, and ask uh, palace any question uh, there are churches out there that decide you know we're gonna ch- we're going to work with a school district and we're going to identify the school that is most in need within a reasonable range of our church, and we're going to offer what we can. uh, And there are churches that do that by offering after-school tuition support, whether that's with math or literacy. uh, There there are schools that have churches offer, again, referrals or material support. uh, There are churches that also express that by getting involved with that school's um, board. Um, or maybe even with um, helping with fundraising, and it goes on and on. Many opportunities uh, for us to lead. That may be something we do, it may not be something we do, but I want to encourage you to do two things. One, to find that little, that thing that may be, uh, that inkling, that thing that's sort of getting under your skin, what we might do next, to give that some fresh air and and see how that might grow, but also to inspire somebody else. Um, If you've been a part of this church for many years, you have absolutely every right. I encourage you, even endorse and invite you to go to somebody who may be junior to you in age or not been here as long and challenge them and say, so what are you going to do? Director told me to ask you, what are you going (laughs) to do? But that's how we continue to become a more and more vital church that makes that difference in the world because we know that we have the resources and we know that we have the connections and we know that we're really good at inspiring generosity in others and and we have plenty and ellen would probably strike me down for saying this but we have plenty enough here don't we we do pretty well as a church the heating is on Mm -hmm. um and we will continue to enjoy that rich life together um and there is much in being blessed that we can offer as a blessing. So I do encourage you, these, these ministries succeed and thrive when the people of the church, when the people of the church say, what about this? Can we go here? So I encourage you, and I thank each of you for, for being here this morning and for offering you of your time and your ongoing uh, dedication to the lives of children uh, who need us a great deal. Um, so thank you very much.